1: Hello and happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and it is always a pleasure to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we discuss topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and need. Today, we are going to talk about Cisco SD-WAN Cloud Interconnect with Equinix, and in particular, how it automates site and cloud network interconnection Ultimately, ensuring a reliable network performance while decreasing operational cost and complexity. To help us guide the conversation, we have an amazing crew here with us today, and we're going to start with getting to know them just a little bit more. Let's start with our guest, Tahir. Thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us more about yourself and your role at Cisco?
2: Sure. Uh hello everyone. My name is Tahir Ali and I am part of uh, SDN technical marketing uh, BU and I am responsible mainly for the cloud interconnect uh, you know integrations and sd uh, SDN fabric and routing designs.
1: Perfect. Jason? How long you been at
3: Cisco? Wait, how long you been at Cisco?
2: <laughs> it's been 3 years. I've been working and with CenturyLink before and other providers basically.
4: So your answer not long enough. Yes, you know, he still has this floated haircut yes, <laughs> yes. the all features right.
2: are so good that we don't uh, lose our hair basically
1: <laughs> nice <laughs> all right jason lovely to have you with us can you introduce yourself and your role at Equinix?
5: yeah sure emily thanks for that uh my name is jason lee i'm global solutions architect at Equinix, uh and i am responsible for our relationship with cisco um been with the company almost four years, and uh, spent ten years previous uh, at Cisco. Um, I think I still have all my hair because I left in time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I, I still uh, live and breathe Cisco.
1: All right, now to get on to know our host, Artem. Thank you for being with us. Who are you? What do you do?
6: Yeah, thank you, Emily, for having me. Uh, my name is Artem Tkachov. I'm domain architect at Philip Morris International. Um. well, responsible for all collectivity in the company, like clouds, OT, IT, everywhere trying to get my hands dirty. with.
1: All right. David, always a pleasure to have you. Tell us about yourself.
4: It's always a pleasure to be here. My name is David Penalosa. I'm a principal engineer in Bryce Enterprise Solutions. And well, I've just done consulting. My daily tasks include Sitting with people and discussing about their network design and helping them to get to a better place, and I work daily with Esteban and ACI. Perfect. Full blown A, you know, full blown A Cisco fan.
3: <laughs> now, David, do you actually help them get to a better place?
4: I do sometimes when they listen, but that's another story.
1: <laughs> another episode, perhaps. Shy, my friend, will you let us let our listeners know who you are?
3: Right, thank you, Amy Lee. It's a pleasure to be here. Such a wonderful uh, cast. Uh, I am Shai Silberman. I'm the director of network services for San Jose State University, and uh, been uh, there for about eight years. And kind of like uh, Jason has said, and I also kind of somehow responsible for our uh, relationship, managing the relationship with Cisco as well.
1: All right, you're doing a good job. I try. All right, dear. I'm I'm gonna head it off to our champions to drive this conversation, but before we do. Can you give us some background on today's topic? What do we need to know before we start our conversation?
2: Yes, so SGCI, right? So basically, Cisco Software Defined WAN. Uh, it's a terminology or a, a feature which we have introduced. Uh, you know, back uh, in the old days when you know we had these uh, data center kind of topologies where all the applications were, uh, you know, revolving around the data center. All the branches were accessing the data center uh, through the single van and everything was good. Then all those uh, cloud uh, consumption model came in, internet became more reliable. So we went to the distributed kind of architecture, but this uh, kind of uh, brought a new requirement, which is uh, where uh, you know SDC basically comes in. Uh, so what happens is that Uh, you know, customer liked the way uh, we used to enforce the policy of uh, the centralized data center. But the problem with that was that uh, the centralized policy was very difficult to, you know, uh, there was a latency penalty from the branches perspective and all that, right? So now the customer needs similar approach and the flexibility of internet in a distributed way, which is where the SGCI comes in. We provide you the, the feature. Where you are using, uh, you know, a premium bandwidth of a data center, which is part of the, you know, Equinix uh, infrastructure, we hook you up with a cloud uh, in any location of your choice. So think of it like a CDN, where all your branches are, you know, connecting in the nearest location and breaking out into the uh, into the cloud or uh, globally between the different branches. That's basically the gist of it.
4: Did I understand that he said that we have a cloud hookup? Yes. That sounds and interesting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look up.
3: So, thank you to hear. So, I mean, so I mean, you kind of brought up an, an interesting point, right? So, the if I understand you correctly, the the partnership between Cisco and Equinix uh, is really kind of realizing that it worked really well for us in the past with study content to uh, get people uh, onto pops and and off the internet and deliver content to them uh, at the nearest closest point of entry. And what we're really talking about doing here is using the same terminology only or methodology with Equinix. And and the whole point is that let us get you off the public internet and onto a, uh, I guess, a, a more uh, better defined or optimized network in order to get you to your cloud destination or to your other site
2: potentially. Because uh, I assume this could be either site to cloud or site to site. Exactly. So, so uh, basically... Uh, customers already are using Equinix. We thought that why not like give them the full potential of automating the whole connectivity of overlay and, not, and also the underlay using the single pane of glass using the VManage integrate with the uh, Equinix and use all their backbone to you know to access the premium bandwidth or to uh, and the premium connectivity uh, to the cloud and uh, to the global uh, to have the global reach basically.
3: I mean, I, mean, I, I guess if I am. Um... Uh subscribing to this, how do I measure the success of the solution from uh, from a customer point of view?
2: Overall, like, uh, let me put it in the other way, right? If you are a customer, what are the pain points when you try to, you know, connect to these cloud providers? You have this, you know, direct connect coming to your data center. It takes like a lot of days to, you know, sign that LOA and all this stuff. You also have, uh, you know, some kind of uh, contracts you have to sign. Uh, from the OPEX perspective and uh, CAPEX perspective as well over here what we are doing is we are just giving you you are just extending your SD-WAN you have your SD-WAN running you want to you know connect to your cloud we are giving you the single dashboard you just uh, put in your uh, you know account information and you choose what underlay you want to use what uh, cloud you want to uh, connect to and basically with simple steps a couple of steps you'll be able to you know reach out to your cloud uh, within uh, uh, you know optimized uh, internet using the internet and then immediately optimizing it through the backbone of the uh, Equinix so that is something where you know you get the performance you get the benefits of the virtualization and you have the flexibility of you know uh, dropping your data center it's kind of a data center where you are you know connecting to any uh, regional hub uh, of the or, or the pop locations of the Equinix right so that is something where that's give you a lot of flexibility you can provision it uh, over the time you can deprovision it you have all this flexibility.
5: yeah I think I think from uh, from what we hear from, from customers at Equinix is uh, traditionally uh, they've had to you know contract for space and power like uh, like Tahir said that bring that capex component to it. so how long is it going to take to stand up a rack, get the power delivered, put in rack stack, configure all the equipment? Um, that's you know traditionally taken taken uh, weeks or months right in the past. This allows us with our network edge platform to really spin up those virtual instances, stand up a virtual point of presence at Equinix, uh, which are right next to the clouds, um, and be able to consume the services within say half an hour or less. Oh, that's fabulous.
6: Yeah, I just wanted to understand. I mean, how I want to get started i mean should i you know purchase my sd1 routers and then go to equinix directly saying that hey i have a cisco devices or is it some sort of like you know uh, one gateway for all these um, you know service and uh, whom should i contact in short whether it should be cisco or it should be equinix to start leveraging the service
2: Basically, you can contact any of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, companies. You can come to the Cisco account team where you uh, basically the the way the licensing and the whole thing works is that you have your existing uh, SD-WAN licenses in your vManage inventory. You will be simply using the same, uh, you know, virtual licenses and uh, putting up your Equinix account information. Uh, If you don't have the account information, uh, the Cisco team will hook you up with the Equinix uh, folks as well. And basically that's it. You just have to follow a couple of steps and uh, based on that you'll be connecting towards your cloud provider of your choice. So I heard
4: something interesting before when 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 Tahir was talking is that you mentioned that you would select your underlay and then that you know, that clicked a little because in general the SD1 premise is well, you would use all providers as your commodity transport and all that and then suddenly we say you know what we're gonna go the Equinix way then how do you make use of that power then because in general we just keep the underlay here the overlay here then what's what's Equinix doing in the middle then because I uh, what I understood from what you guys were talking earlier is that we are we're putting both together in some way we're playing with them so, do you have some insight on this? Because it's more interesting to know how do we optimize the underlay rather than just ride along the wave and then just go over every
3: provider. But David, there's a lot of magic in there. We can't tell at all.
4: <laughs> well, not just everything, no. How do we then make use of these two things? So, who who wants to hit it first? Maybe Jason or
5: yeah, I'll, I'll, happy to take that. I mean, when, when you're talking about um, optimizing that underlay what we're really providing is the the cloud providers have set up their edges inside Equinix. So when we talk about underlay, it is almost, I mean, literally a fiber cable connection from one cage to another. Tell me a better underlay than you can get from that, right? Our fabric is directly connected, or I should say the clouds are directly connected into our fabric, which Network Edge is integrated with. And so, when you're doing this uh, software-defined cloud interconnect, it is literally spinning up this virtual gateway inside the Equinix Network Edge, which is part of our fabric, which is directly connected into the clouds. Jason, just drop the microphone. Bam. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the emerald Silence line. Bam,
4: right?
3: when you kick it up a notch. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about the uh, availability here because uh, uh, my assumption is, I mean, generally speaking, if I'm doing an, an my own SD-WAN between uh, on-prem and a cloud provider, uh, ch- chances are I'm talking appliance to appliance. Uh, by going into this uh, partnership with Equinix, I mean, how am I changing my availability and uh, and monitoring capabilities?
2: Justin, you want to t- uh, take it from the Equinix perspective, and I can cover from the SDN as well.
5: Yeah. So, so from a monitoring uh, perspective, I mean, you're in full control uh, of the the infrastructure, right? It's it, we have visibility um, from our infrastructure to be able to see you know what's what's up what's down control the, the the utilization um with of course hooks into uh vmanage and seeing all the 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 layer 3 and above um uh, uh telemetry information um but from our perspective we are uh we are getting you know uh, layer 1 layer 2 lights on um and that's been up and running i mean if you think about the the chances of something going down over the internet versus a fiber cable in a controlled environment in a controlled building going that part going down you you can kind of see you know where where the uh bottleneck or uh, your, your your point of failure might happen
3: so let me kind of I, I guess like like finesses right especially as you know we, we've seen some giant Failures in in recent weeks, right? Is uh, I'm in San Jose. You have a pop in San Jose. I'm trying to go to a data center to the cloud in Seattle uh, as this example, and your San Jose pop is experiencing issues, right? So it, it's like how how are you helping my availability as opposed to me having a direct link uh, over to Seattle?
5: Yeah. So so the good thing is we're we're providing different options. So for one, um, we have. Eighteen hundred plus networks in our buildings. Um, the the internet, the, the the most of the backbone of the internet, exchanges traffics within our buildings. So there you have a choice or robustness of networks to get you from one from San Jose to Seattle. Uh, if you use a you know service like AWS Direct Connect, you know you have the option of using their backbone to go from San Jose to Seattle. Or you have the option of, in this uh, example with uh, Software-Defined Cloud Interconnect, using the Equinix backbone, which we call Equinix Fabric, of um, using our backbone to get from our location in San Jose up to our location in Seattle and onboarding directly into AWS from there. So there is, um, I don't even say, you know, uh, two paths, right? There's there's uh, literally hundreds of, of, of options that you can take to go up there.
2: And on on top of it, right, uh, from the SD-WAN perspective, we still have all those bells and whistles, you know, application-aware routing, you know, uh, BFD probing, uh, everything is, like, uh, uh, existingly available. You We also recommend customers to, you know, uh, sp- uh, spin up multiple routers to, you know, cater the high availability. And SD-WAN Fabric has all the available policies to, you know, redirect traffic wherever the, you know, best performance is.
6: Right. Um since you already tied the clouds, I, I might have really um, question that um, I'm right now working on. I mean, I, of course, I have a couple of solutions, but I'm just wondering, guys, uh, do you have a chance to connect two clouds between each other, like AWS and Azure, for example?
5: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Sorry, hear. T- I'll, I'll, I'll take this one and then you can jump in. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> oh. I see Jason's smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. hey, s- did you connect them at Jason just now? <laughs> Easily. (laughs) You just kind of touched on what's made our business for the last, you know, decade. (laughs) I mentioned, you know, uh, AWS earlier and how they're popped in, you know, in this cage inside of Equinix. So are all of the other cloud providers. So you're essentially going to be able to, um, over that piece of fiber, you know, from AWS over to the virtual router in our fabric, right over to the next cage, which might be an Azure or a Google. So you're routing that traffic all within the same data center, within the same walls, and in some cases from one cage to the next. Nice. So, so this sounds
3: like very advantageous to a multi-cloud strategy, right? Oh, because yeah. As we're starting to deploy, for example, active directories, authentication servers, and re- replication uh, of, of critical infrastructure across the providers, uh, this certainly seemed advantageous.
2: In fact, some of the customers we were like talking to recently, they kind of like this thing where they don't need to spin up multiple routers in every cloud provider. Uh, Instead, they have this one router, uh, uh, you know, spin up into Equinix Fabric and connecting to all these uh, providers to do multi-cloud kind of connectivity. All right.
4: Okay, so then uh, I'm going to hit it again, both after the guys. Then if you're talking about going from one provider to another, there's a link between them and all that magic that happens in Equinix premises then what about my segmentation what about keeping all the data secure keeping all the data separate when we have people concerned about security and security isolation uh separation of, of uh <coughs> sorry all types of data regulations and all that so how do we tie all that in
6: drusik or MUXIC, sorry <laughs>
2: duct tape So overall, if you look at it, right, uh, when you go through the workflow, we, uh, you know, as the customer uh, to uh, basically after discovering, obviously, the account information and AWS VPCs, we asked the customer, uh, you know, to uh, we also discovered the VPNs, which are configured or the VRs, which are configured as part of the uh, overlay, overlay fabric. So when you go through the workflow we will be providing you capability to you know segment the network attach all these different VPCs to uh, you know specific uh, service VPNs or the VRFs uh, per se and you will be segmented end to end when you talk about uh, the Equinix piece all this connectivity is like a private uh, hosted connections where it takes in all the uh, VRF traffic segmented into that VPC end to end
5: yeah and on the security front uh, you know not people think about this part much, but it is basically you're 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 nowhere near the Internet. Or you, I shouldn't say you're not traversing the Internet at all. Right. This is, again, all private connectivity. Um, a lot of people say, how do I reach it? Um, and in, in many cases, I've had to tell my customers, you can't, not from the Internet. So there's no bad players that open. You're not open to the uh, attack surface that the Internet gives brains. I love I I love how Jason
4: comes and is super secure and, you know what, I heard that before and then, let me give you the five second answer. So I I had something I wanted to ask about before because I know Shai is just jumping to, to bring something particular. But before that, what about when we talk about exactly that, that jumping? <laughs> when we talk about use cases, because then. Should I understand that, well, from what we have discussed, you're bringing the cloud closer to me or you're bringing a site closer to me, as long as physics allowed. So there is no wormhole between Singapore and Los Angeles. But how do we then make those use cases in, in, in Equinix? So can we go deeper into that? Then what are the benefits that people are getting from those use cases?
5: Yeah. So uh, Justin, you want to take that? Or? Yeah. So I'll, I'll start and you can kind of finish up on on the, on the policy side. I think for one, if you're talking about something like in, uh, a Los Angeles and a Singapore, first part I would think of is like, well, is does all traffic need to traverse that distance? Can we localize some of that traffic? So, so we have the, you know, ability, obviously, if you have intelligence in both metros then you can decide what leaves what doesn't leave and if you do need to go across the ocean then we're providing a direct layer 2 path that is uh, again off of the internet controlled everything is consistent you're you're seeing just under say 200 milliseconds of, of latency regardless of time there's no you know congestion that you would see, you know, variables that, that you would see over the internet. So you're getting a consistent network, something fully within your control, layer two point to point, and then the ability to then regionalize traffic. And, you know, Tahir can probably comment on on some of the, the capabilities of how to regionalize that or the traffic region within those metros.
2: Yeah, and this kind of uh, is coming to the same point where we are choosing our underlay, right? So we are... Uh, uh, making point-to-point connections and we are deciding where our traffic would be uh, going through using these dedicated so not only the latency piece is there but uh, think of it like if we are uh, going direct using the internet we cannot guarantee the bandwidth which you know uh, going through the Equinix we have this capability to not only uh, cater the latency piece of it but also the you know the dedicated bandwidth which we are getting and the performance of that So I have a a question
3: here. Uh, Every time we want to bring new technology into an organization, I have to go over to my olive tree, break a branches or a couple of branches and offer out some olive branches to different departments, be it security, be it uh, automation, the DevOps. So uh, what kind of automation workflows and, and how does this fit into the DevOps model that we see a lot of organizations going to?
2: Let me walk you through the workflow and that would basically, you know, give more uh, idea about what's happening with the workflow. So basically the user, uh, the existingly have an SD-WAN network. They are, you know, expanding. They want to expand to the cloud. They have more bandwidth requirement, all the stuff, performance requirement. They are simply going to the, you know, the vManage workflow. They are punching in their, you know, account details. They are discovering their VPCs. And rest is all, uh, you know, they're selecting the uh, the locations of their choice. Uh, think of it like a CDN, all this uh, nearest location they want to connect to. And uh, basically forming all this connectivity towards uh, the cloud uh, of their choice. So all that piece, uh, even the spinning up of direct connect gateways or spinning up, you know, of the transit uh, gateways or populating the routing table in the VPC is all automated end-to-end. So this is what we, uh, you know, think would help user a lot. And at the same time, now let's say you you have your uh, network coming in, you have you want to connect your, uh, you know, inter intercontinental uh, branches uh, within you know less uh, within a period of uh, one month or so. You you can go to the same workflow within minutes. You are connecting your you know Singapore and Los Angeles using the Equinix core. So that is the flexibility and automation. What uh, you get with the whole uh, all of these use cases.
3: It sounds like we left one critical word out of your answer, and that is, it also sounds like a lot of acceleration.
5: Yeah, and I just want to real real quickly on the automation part. I mean, Equinix is you know uh, we've we've had uh, open APIs from our our platforms for for several years, and Cisco's just taken advantage of that to automate those things. So a lot of our customers today still have to you know, manually point-click using a mouse, keyboard to create these connections. And we're really um, now, Cisco is using the, the the capabilities of APIs and automation to create these uh, workflows for customers in, in, a, in a more accelerated fashion. Could you believe that? People using keyboards and mouse,
4: oh
6: God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere voice recognition. <laughs> <laughs> um, well anyway i i just want to add on that topic i mean if you have already the automation in place and you're um uh, automated let's say your vmanage platform is that really hard you know to hook in the equinix as well or can i manage the equinix through the vmanage that i have already automated
2: most of the most of the things are uh, we are recommending the customer to configure everything from the from the vmanage because vmanage is talking to the equinix uh, apis so most of the things when you spin it up you'll see all those details monitoring logging all this uh, dashboard and uh, you know analytics whatever you get with the vmanage is already part of it let's say if you uh, uh, want to see anything extra let's say take control of your uh, you know gateway routers or things like that then you can also use the equinix portal to you know kind of uh, leverage that as well so it's kind of complementary
6: okay so for example if i want to uh, you know monitor my lines that goes through the equinix should i go to vmanage or should i go to the
2: yes you can you can go to the vmanage and on top of it we are running the bfd probes right so you'll get all those uh lost latency data information as part of the tunnel information as well yeah,
4: because anyway that's going to be then another one edge whatever the generation is BHCH doesn't matter so if it's gonna be another one edge then it means that I can just click there see the dashboard and then I will get this Fancy graphic to know exactly what's happening with that one edge, isn't it?
2: Yes, exactly.
4: So it means that I will get vManage, Analytics, and all those juicy things that I would get from Data crunching and all that stuff,
2: right? So it sounds like you have all the power in the world and stay tuned for some more uh, stuff to uh, which we are integrating. So it's a secret but yes, don't tell them. Yourself. Magic.
5: <laughs> 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 it, it, the, ni- the nice thing about having the integration is uh, we've been uh, We've been able to show things like utilization for for several years, but it's very basic, right? It, it, it's here's your utilization on the port, your utilization on the on the uh, layer two, but it didn't have any of the intelligence that B managed brings to the table. So now you can actually use a uh, higher level of of capabilities to make those decisions well it does make sense though because if you do provide
4: a particular well i would say measuring for a port or a set of ports there would just be dots on the table but when you then bring vmanage to understand that there is a source and a destination there is a path to follow then you can connect all those dots that then you'll get this fancy drawing with all the cute things but it's about then putting them all together isn't it
3: it's kind of like olives on the olive tree.
4: Yes, exactly. Oh, and he's ringing the olive tree again. <laughs> <laughs> I lost twice
6: already. <laughs> yeah, there is And is there any kind of innovation uh, you know, piece here, like you know, leveraging IML and predict the utilization on a specific period of time, for example, or days? And let's say that, well, I have my channel, but at the same time, you know... Uh, um, your your saying uh, say no. You would need to take a different path, something like that. Well, of course, you know SD one solution uh, has uh, their own techniques how to avoid the 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 the, um, the problems with uh overutilized channels. But still, is there anything like that?
5: So I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and say at first no. Um, we're we're enabling those capabilities, so we have very, uh, you know, in, in a sense, basic piece like, you know, your per utilization has reached a threshold, we'll send you an alert. Um, right. But it is, you know, you can continuously get those readings, the utilization numbers, et cetera, um, and port that into your kind of AI ML uh, platform of choice to give you that capability. So I wish we would have it, um, but we're definitely enabling the capabilities on on that part.
3: I mean, an SD one does fit into DNA center to a point. So, I mean, I think that's where you could leverage some of those AI and uh, and ML functionalities. Uh, So I I have a question um, about KPIs, if uh, because generally speaking, if I'm going to go and try to sell the solution, uh, one of the questions is what problem you trying to solve and also how are you going to measure success with this? So what are some of the measurable KPIs that that you think the listeners might uh, take out of this as well?
5: to hear you want to take that one first i know we chatted about that uh, yeah so overall um,
2: you know from kpi perspective we are uh, you know you know improving the overall cost from the from the egress perspective let's say if we are going with a cloud uh, uh, connectivity model from directly connecting to the cloud uh, there is an egress cost associated with that but at the same time we are using the internet over here we have you know the better performance middle mind optimization you you get a higher level of bandwidth let's say you if you are uh, a global enterprise you have a lot of data going through you'll obviously be using uh, you know direct connect or express route things like that so you'll be having more uh, you know capacity you uh, know uh, cushion uh, when we talk about uh, the the equinix thing and other than that uh, you know the the agility uh, piece is something which uh, kind of uh, comes into play over here where the whole thing is automated end to end so that saves a lot of time and uh, even uh, when if, if you're not uh, kind of uh, uh, using the, the connections, you have the capability to, you know, deprovision the links as well. So that agility piece is something which uh, I kind of like and, you know, some of the customers are, were really excited about
5: yeah i think the, the those are some of the the big um uh, points that we we definitely hear from our customers is um around speed of deployment um we obviously you know now that we can offer a capability of consuming something from from zero to uh you know on and, and passing traffic <laughs> in 30 minutes seed to heater in 30 minutes yeah so so that that's absolutely huge right but uh, at the other side you know we've all heard about the the challenges sometimes of getting circuits provisioned 6 months, 9 months and in, in some cases is, is not unheard of but one of the the benefits of of all of these networks being at Equinix has been they're able to turn up these circuits a lot faster so if there's a dedicated connection that's the desired uh, method of getting branched to colo then that Connection can be turned up a lot faster, so so hitting those timelines and and to here also talked about the 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 cost aspect. You know, a lot of a lot of our customers weren't aware of the discounts that cloud providers generally give you for egress charges when you're using these private connection methods like Direct Connect and Express Route. Um, and you know, I think um, also because of the partnership, we're able to. Uh, make support uh, aspects for customers a lot easier because you're going through Cisco um, and Cisco can then reach out to Equinix on the back end
6: So literally, I, if, if I have any problems with all this SD-WAN and dynamic, hybrid, multi-cloud networking infrastructure I need to go directly to TAC, right?
2: Yeah, you can reach out to the Cisco tech, and, uh, you know, uh, we'll be troubleshooting as one team, basically
6: Wow, okay
4: There's something interesting here because we've been talking about how customers can have one cloud or another. But then did you guys have some particular metric in which we have an idea of how many companies would then go for this multi-cloud strategy? And I don't mean the the hybrid one in which I have the private and the public one, but when I have several public ones and I'm basically everywhere. Do you have any metric for that, or at least any idea how you know, that this particular percentage of customers do this?
5: It's I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but this is a very interesting topic, because just today uh, we released our uh, Global Interconnection Index, which is our volume 5, that we actually look at a lot of these. Again, fifth year in a row that we've looked at it, and you can kind of see the trends going on every year. We talk about, you know, the, the bandwidths that customers are using, that enterprises are using. Uh, what are those, what is, you know, uh, how fast that bandwidth is growing? Where is that bandwidth going? How are they connecting that bandwidth? Is it private? Is it over the internet? Is it to particular verticals? Is it to clouds, to SaaS? So we actually look at all of that. And, um, you know, uh, I wish I had numbers off the top of my head, the latest ones, uh, but, you know, the article was just released today and I haven't had a chance to read it so it would be very interesting to see what what some of the latest numbers are in that case well i guess we can we can put out in the show notes right i can leave some homework for the people <laughs> what are the average
2: speeds so in fact like recently when we were talking to some of the customers Uh, We saw that uh, not only the customers are looking to connect to some of the big cloud providers But also they wanted to connect to you know some of the other uh, cloud providers as well and this is where you know you you can utilize the same connectivity with Equinix same network edge gateways and Connect to any of the other uh, You know cloud providers which are not even like the big three specifically. Uh, so i i have one more question
3: is uh about uh bandwidth uh, requirements i mean do you do you see this as being more attractive to uh, i mean there's it's clearly the workflow of the automation but is there advantage if you if you have bandwidth requirements like higher bandwidth requirements versus lower or, or what is the average where does it start to make sense uh, where are the economics on this
5: the that's a that's a loaded question and and huge uh topic that we actually work with customers on all the time, which is, um, you know, our our the connections are um, a lot of times bandwidth based. So, uh, you know, economic wise, we can spin up 50 megs of dedicated direct connections as low as 75 bucks a month, um, and that goes all the way up to 10 gigs. So, so there are ways uh, to uh, make the connections faster, get the dedicated connections um and and again spending spending those things up in, in minutes, but um I, I think I may have uh missed the second half of your uh, question there.
3: Oh, I was just talking about like the 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 economics of war the speed, so you talk about ten gig, what happens when you go faster than ten than uh than ten gigs
5: so for you know uh from my perspective, if you need to go faster than ten gigs, i mean today we we wish it's it's not the case, but there are limitations with virtual devices. Um, with Equinix having our, you know, uh, global presence of data centers, it gives customers that capability to deploy hardware when needed for the performance, for you know, uh, dedicated uh, capabilities, um, and use software like SDCI when it's appropriate for locations for speed for um you know for for those edge locations that may not need that performance so you kind of get the best of both worlds where you are free to design your SD-WAN regardless of hardware software all you really can really care about is uh, really designing the policies who you want to connect to what bandwidth you need to connect to. And, you know, we can adjust those bandwidths as needed. Say, you know, we have a lot of customers that start with, say, a 100-meg dedicated connection. And the more they use it, um, they find out, hey, you know, I need more bandwidth. And you can just uh, very easily then within minutes, literally minutes, of turning that up to 500, 1 gig, 2 gig, up to 10 gigs. So, So really in a dynamic fashion.
6: And that's a model pay as you go, or you need to call some kind of some sort of contract.
5: Multiple models, but our our our, our bandwidth, uh, sorry, our network consumption pieces are uh, pay as you go. So we we prorate the uh, customers to the day that they use. So you know, uh, fifty meg, seventy five bucks. You use it for half the month, seventy five divided by two.
6: So how many cloud providers do you have connections to?
5: Hundreds. Um. So so. Th- you know, we are the biggest hosting uh, of edge cloud edge locations for for the large uh, large CSPs, but also uh, you know SaaS providers. Um, you know, from from the likes of uh, Dropbox, Box, Salesforce, Cisco Webex, which were you know uh, we use day in day out. Um, you know, Cisco has has uh, been on platform Equinix for, for years. And, and and part of what I mentioned earlier is the trend that I've seen with Cisco. Customers started using WebEx Edge Connect at 100 megs, 200 megs. And the average connection I see today is more in line of one to two gigs of dedicated connections into the the, the WebEx cloud.
6: Nice, oh, no that's really great.
4: Okay, I think I don't have more questions because if I ask something else, I feel like Jason is going to blow up the screen. He's like, of course we do (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) I think you guys did a great job. All right, well, this really has been another great episode of Cisco Champion Radio. If you want to learn more about today's topic or that article that we referenced earlier, just click on the link provided in the description below. And just a reminder, you could subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. See you next Monday.